0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, looking a little bit spiffier than usual. I've had to do a little bit of on-location work due to scheduling and having a wedding in the middle of a snowstorm. Uh, That is, never make friends with anyone from Rochester. Just a pro tip, because it's always cold here. But that's besides the point. We are here for an incredible episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast featuring one of our favorite guests returning fresh off of an incredible win. We'll be sure to get into it before we do. Brief shout out to sponsors of the show. No judges needed. Your one-stop shop for all of your grappling apparel needs. I'm talking geese, rash guards, apparel, because what is the point of training if you can't tell people outside the gym that you train by virtue of your clothing. So once again, that is no judges needed. And for the holidays, you know, you're looking to save a little bit of money. We have you guys covered. Use the promo code JJT at checkout for 20% off all purchases. You'd be helping us out. You'd be helping the show out and helping them out, helping yourselves out, everybody helping everybody. It's the holidays, people. You know, let's get into it. Spirit of the season, even though 2020 has just been a kick in the dick every day for months now. Uh once again that is www.nojudgesneeded.com code JJT for 20% off. And a brief shout out to Kevin Gallagher, he could make it today. Hey everyone, future Kevin here. Now uh originally Kevin was not scheduled to be on this episode. It was going to be a solo one, but Turns out his schedule got free towards the end. He was able to hop in for the last little bit. So you're going to get your Kevin Gallagher fix. We draw straws whenever this guest comes on because we're just so terrified of him. And I am the sacrificial lamb that's got to kind of appease him uh, whenever we want to talk to him about anything. So let's just get right into it. You know him. You love him. The teenage dream, uh, fresh off of a heel hook win, Mr. Chase Hooper and there he is. Hey, Mr. Hooper,
1: going? how you doing, man? Good, just woke up probably like 45 minutes to an hour ago and just hanging out. I mean, we appreciate you making
0: the time, man, honestly, just cuz uh, holy shit. We we I've watched your I've watched that fight uh like 20 times now and we can't we can't uh express how happy we are that you could take the time to talk with us about it, but just, you know, since the last episode you came on um your stocks shot through the roof how how's life been treating you uh
1: pretty good i'm uh I'm really just trying to take joe rogan's old uh like kind of motto to heart a little more like just don't look at the comments and your life's gonna be a lot easier and uh yeah, I've been trying to stay off the stay out of the rabbit hole of the social media comments and then uh other than that it's been pretty good i mean it's it's funny because it, You know, a lot of fighters, that
0: seems to be good advice, but you have such a mastery of social media and and that type of marketing that it's. I almost kind of want to say, you know, steer into it. I feel like you
1: could could probably navigate it better than most. (laughs) Yeah, I do a little bit, but just, uh, I don't know. It's such an onslaught of people just telling you, like, how terrible you are, and sometimes you just got to, like, shut that out a little bit or else, you know. Then it just starts to eat away at you, so it's just kind of like, You know, I I do do it a little bit, like I'll mess around with it. And like, if there's something, the thing is, I don't mind people saying stuff that's like offensive, as long as it's either original or like kind of funny. So, but just plain like boring and like, oh, you're a shitty fighter. Like, I'm like, okay, that's boring. (laughs) But if they're original, I like it. I got to say my favorite,
0: um... Just because we recently, on the JJT, we recently had Dino uh really made famous because of his incredible Ezekiel from Inside Closed Guard at uh, Polaris Squads uh, a little bit ago. And he said he got a ton of crap from a bunch of like seasoned black belts over, like, that's not a good submission. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you, d- does the quality, like, does who the person is ever affect... Like how you treat criticism, like if a, a fight a fellow fighter on the roster as opposed to a guy named Daryl in his
1: truck with like <laughs> aviators on, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd say like ninety nine percent of people that are like you know negative on social media are people that you know like work at Arby's or something and they don't they don't train, they don't know what's going on, but it, it's like the one percent that it's just like, oh, that sucks." It's like, yeah, definitely. Hurts a little more. I mean, it, it. what's weird is, like, I feel like in other
0: sports, shit-talking kind of makes more sense because, yeah, like, oh, Derek Jeter didn't strike out everybody. Man, that's a dated reference by now. But, like, oh, LeBron uh, only won 87% of his games this year. Why not 90%? Because other sports kind of exist in this bubble, but MMA... You could show up at a gym and UFC fighters are training there. And a lot of times you take the same classes.
1: Does the the lack of that barrier get to you ever? I think that just kind of emboldens people a little more with the comment stuff. Like people are, I've had people be like, oh, fighting's just so easy. You just, you know, (laughs) just throw hands, you know, like. They're like, oh, I got in a bar fight once when I was, you know, 21. And it's like, all right, well, it's a little different than that. But it's just because it's, you know, something that we do naturally, I guess. People don't respect it as much, I think. They don't respect the high levels as much or they don't like delineate it from, you know, world star videos, you know. One of the things that I really loved last
0: time was that you talked about, I've only had two jobs. I've either been a pro fighter or I've taught jujitsu, you know, and you're a, like very high level Brown belt. Have you, as an instructor, have you ever gotten those guys that come in like weekend warriors
1: thinking I can just show up and do this, like put me in the cage? Uh, I think people are a little more hesitant with MMA. Uh, I think they're a little smarter about that. At least we're, where I'm at right now we're in a smaller town so it's not it's not like the huge influx of people just all the time that you might get in like somewhere like a Seattle or like uh you know obviously all those gyms down in California I'm sure they get a lot of that I'm, But I'm our, really I'm really sorry hard stop just like as a northeast
0: guy the fact that your your first thought when it was like the big city is Seattle it just kind of made me laugh a little bit <laughs> no that's the big one around here so Oh, man, if you can make it in Seattle, you can make it anyway.
1: <laughs> no, it's just uh, – Seattle just kind of sucks. I try to stay out of it. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not going to – I haven't been there often enough to really comment on it. But um,
0: it looks, I guess n- – yeah.
1: It looks yeah. nice until you, like, zoom in, you know. From a distance, you're like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And then you, like, get and see – and get close and see all the dirt and the grime everywhere. And you're like, nah, I'm good. I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, –
0: when you came onto the show, you were you know win after win after win, undefeated, you had your loss after the show. Walk us through a little bit about
1: how that felt mentally for you. Honestly, I was good to go, like I was hanging out with some of my buddies from uh, fight pass and stuff, like watching the rest of the card like after you know like twenty minutes after the fight, I was you know heading over there to hang out. Um, but I think I don't know the barrier to entry for mma is like being you know talented or whatever or being good at what you do to the point where you can get to the ufc but i feel like uh you know once you get here then it sort of separates the people who have more the mental strength and for me that's always kind of been my strong suit i think um like kind of my mentality has always been like i'll never say no like, uh, if people are like, hey, uh, you good to go a couple extra rounds? I'll be like, maybe I don't want to, but I'll just be like, all right, sure, type of thing. You know, just stuff like that with just kind of everything I do. Um, and obviously, like, it was my first, like, MMA loss. But I, you know, I'd been doing jujitsu tournaments as a kid growing up. So I did, I've lost plenty of times. It's not my first one.
0: When did you start competing in jujitsu, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Uh, I I started training when i was eight so probably my first uh tournament was like around then either eight or nine so oh wow (laughs) man was it was it a naga or was it uh ibjjf no uh we actually have a tournament around here that's um it's called the revolution it's um i think they started in like 2006 but now it's bigger than like ibjjf uh like, they'll do the Seattle Open and it'll have like a quarter of the people that show up to this local tournament. Like, uh, we'll have people from like Montana, Idaho, Oregon, just everybody kind of coming over here uh, for, you know, like a thousand plus competitors. Wow. Type of thing. So, yeah, um, it's definitely a lot of good experience uh, for all these people around here. And uh, yeah, that's what I grew up doing. So, it's got it. I mean, during COVID, I, I think.
0: It was bad when we had you on uh, at first, but now, like as it's dried down, we've started to see jujitsu gyms kind of sputter out here and there. How is the jujitsu seen by you, if you don't mind me asking? Still healthy? Still like sticking to it?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think things are you know kind of getting back to normal. People are, I think the mentality of most of the people that tend to do jujitsu was a little more on the. I wouldn't want to say like conservative side, but they're just like dirtier people overall. So they don't <laughs> mind the. They, they're they like, oh, if I get sick, I get sick type of thing. Same as like ringworm or staff. They're like, oh, it's just another thing I could get at the gym. But it's just kind of, uh, <laughs> it's just kind of hard now with like all the, because Washington state got locked down as I'm sure most of the rest of the country is now again. Yeah. Um, But it's just kind of a lot more low-key training, a lot less, uh, you know, putting it up on social media. Oh, Uh, man. But but (laughs) if you can't do it for the gram, did you even do it? Yeah, that's definitely (laughs) a big problem for me. Uh,
0: Has the the space in between – I know MMA kind of established itself fairly early as a sport that can be done during quarantine, you know, while everyone else was sort of picking up the pieces – You know, Chael Sonnen and and Dana White were were doing their thing and finding out ways to do fights, whether it be in like Yas Island or the Performance Center. I guarantee we were this close to getting it on a boat. You know, that was a joke, but I'm sure that was in the conference room at some point. Has this these lull in between events made you want to do more grappling stuff? I know that was something we talked about briefly. But, you know, you are one of the highest pedigree grapplers, you know,
1: active in the UFC right now. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I really do want to do more grappling. Um, I actually got hit up to do Chael's show this weekend, but my leg's still a little torn up. And I'm not, <laughs> I didn't quite like the idea of having my leg be super bruised up and then have some dude trying to rip my knee apart, you know? Uh, did, did they have an opponent in mind for you or were they just like open spot yeah, yours if you want it? Yeah. It was like a super short notice one against one of Chael's guys. So obviously, um, I, you know, kind of followed my better judgment and I was like, all right, I'll not this time, but if you guys have any more openings, let me know, you know, maybe give it two weeks and then I'll be on the next show or something. Um, but yeah, I'd like to do more jujitsu stuff. It's just kind of, uh you know, what I grew up doing. So it's a little more fun for me. I don't know, kind of a little bit of nostalgia to kind of go in there and not have to worry about getting my face split open or like, you know, not have to worry about getting knocked out on TV type of thing. It's a little lower stakes, but still, uh, you know, fun. I think
0: that, um, uh, I think it was Gary Tonin who talked about this fairly recently. And that's, you know, he's he's made quite a name for himself over at one. But that, like, after enough times in the cage, really after one, I think he said, Jiu Jitsu tournaments are just like, my heart, his heart rate doesn't even spike up anymore just because it's so much different. How, how long did you find that immediately or, or do you? Uh, were they were they both fairly similar in the beginning
1: no because uh jiu-jitsu tournaments like there's just so many different mats going on at the same time so it's like oh you know like maybe there's 12 people watching me right now and like you know i'm just doing this to you know get the experience and try to get some like shiny piece of metal um <laughs> or a sword <laughs> yeah I'm sad I never got a sword, but I got a belt from Naga. The one you, kn- you
0: know it. for a fact
1: that if you just decided to win a Naga, you could go and dominate and get like <laughs> 10 swords. You know that, right? <laughs> I did it, and they but they gave me a belt. I think for some reason at that event, they were giving the swords to kids. And uh, I don't know why they decided that. But
0: Okay, so obviously you messed up. What you should have done was beat up a kid, take his yeah. sword, then leave.
1: Well, I was only like 16 at the time, but I did the adult division. So it was like a... It was like a weird thing where I probably could have gone either way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So the difference between the, like, the MMA fights and the Jiu Jitsu is like, uh, just there's so much pressure on this one single match versus, like, a Jiu Jitsu tournament when you're like, okay, I have this match and then I have, you know, two or three more. Like, uh, I don't, yeah, I think it did correlate with my fighting a little bit. But, like, my last, um, jiu-jitsu tournament was I think right after my pro debut um and it was yeah I didn't get I didn't get up for it at all I was just like all right I'm gonna go out here and it's gonna be just like I do at the gym type of thing um and then I don't think I got a single point even scored against me but it was just like there's something to be said for having that kind of cool under pressure type of uh outlook going into like a tournament like that all right. Now I got a little bit, since you brought up Submission Underground, I'm a huge fan of it.
0: Um, my channel impression's pretty good. Maybe i break it out later. But I, I think what a lot of people love about Submission Underground and, and arenas like that are it gets MMA fighters and jiu-jitsu stars and even like wrestling guys all in the same room interacting in ways we wouldn't normally see if they if we just did an MMA fight or a jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. match. It's it's sort of blending in, in some ways. And I want to know, I think I, I'm pretty sure I asked you this last time, but I want to know since then, are there any matchups grappling only that you would love mm-hmm. to have uh, in the
1: submission underground cage? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to go against more UFC fighters or, you know, stuff like that. I think... I could, you know, give a lot of guys kind of a run for their money just because my style's so weird. Um, one that I'd like maybe if I bulk up a little more is old George Mosfitt. I'll try to, you know, get the family honor back. But that's kind of...
0: Now, hypothetical. And, 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 anyone, and Heather, if you're watching this, Heather Standing from SUG, uh, feel free to take this billion-dollar idea. I know you're not doing tag team matches right now. But yeah. say you, you bring them back. The Askren boys, Sugar Mm. Sean, Chase, coached by Ben. Like, he's Uh. in the corner. And then on the other side, anyone that any of you guys have ever had a beef with? And it's just Uh. some massive tag team pro
1: wrestling situation. That'd be interesting, for sure. I actually did a tag team uh, kickboxing fight once. That was interesting. Wow. How, yeah. how did that work? <laughs> it was essentially, it was like a smoker still. So it was like, uh, you know, just in a gym type of thing. Um, but they they were pretty much like, oh, anybody who shows up, will get them a fight type of thing. So there ended up being like 60 dudes there. So they were like, all right, uh, we're going to have like 30 fights. Um, but <laughs> hey, if if any of you guys want to just do a tag team match, we'll put you at the beginning. And since I, I was <laughs> the only guy like from our gym I was like uh or my coach was like hey this is probably you know way better than being here till like midnight you know and uh yeah, <laughs> yeah you get knocked out, you can get knocked out
0: early and We you go home yeah how how old were you just because you're so young now how old were you at the time
1: I was probably 15 or 16 you um, were
0: 15 but, and you agreed yeah. to take on a tag team kickboxing fight
1: <laughs> yeah I mean I was trying to get into it and uh you know, I've been getting beat up by pro fighters for a little bit already, so it wasn't too bad.
0: I, I I just got us, I think, I, I don't know if any, any journalist has just straight up had the stones to ask you, so I'm going to do it. Is your home life okay? Like, are your parents, like, they treat you good? Because, you know, they're, <laughs> you're a little old too old for it now, but Child Protective Services can <laughs> come in and maybe help.
1: Uh, Actually, I'm on my own. I'm. I'm living free right now. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Just me and my girlfriend. Uh, we got a house, got all that. So, uh, yeah, life's good. Um, <laughs> does she, does she appreciate that the fighter lifestyle? She,
0: she's supportive.
1: Yeah. She's super down with it. Um, I've been with her since my, you know, I only had one pro fight, I think. So, you know, she was with me when I was making, you know, a thousand bucks for the night, you know, once a month type of thing. So yeah, she knows. And, uh, I did, I think she, you know, is definitely more down with it now that I'm making like significant money and can kind of take care of the bills and all that. How, how
0: has it been, you know, as, as I'm, I'm a little older, as you can tell by my hairline, but, but being young and coming into that kind of money, you know, with, with finances, has that been a trouble, like, a an area you've had to master? Like, are you getting, getting financial advice from people? If you you don't, if you don't mind me asking, I know that's kind of a personal question.
1: I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like everybody at least around me has been pretty cool and like, uh, just kind of understands that I, um, you know, can kind of take care of myself as far as that goes. Um, you know, like I've, I've always paid my taxes. I'm not just spending all my money and pretending like that's not, you know, some of that's not the government's type of thing. Um. But yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, it's kind of cliche, but I think I'm more on the mature side from my age. So people kind of see that and then they're like, okay, he's not just going to blow all his money and he's not just going to, you know, buy one like Gucci suit and then be out and then, uh, you know, having to work a real job type of thing. Um, because at the end of the day, that's kind of, that's kind of my thing is I don't want to have to work a real job right now. Um, so, it's not, it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> So metering out the money's kind of a you know, big part of that. I'm not trying to live that Mike Perry lifestyle. I was I was I, I was tempted to bring him up earlier just cuz it feels like
0: whenever you engage on social media, it's like all you do is you look at anything Mike Perry is doing and go, "Yeah, I'm just not going to do that. That seems like a lot of
1: a lot of hassle." <laughs> yeah, for sure. No face tattoos yet. So no f- yeah,
0: you know, like once you've, once you've defended your, uh, the featherweight belt, like two or three times, maybe you can just like go crazy with it. I will uh, see. Yeah. I, I got to say that it's really good to hear just cause I know you, you are very mature for your age. Cause I know people like in their mid to late twenties that still don't really know how to do their taxes. So you yeah, know, keep, keep on that grind, man. It's, yeah. it, it can, it can be a lot and it's good to know that you're, you're, Keeping your head on. And also from your social media, you and your lady seem very cute together. So <laughs> congratulations to you there. Oh, thank you. Um,
1: but any any luck getting her on jujitsu? Like in jiu-jitsu?
0: yeah Yeah, she's
1: been trained for a couple of years now. Uh she's actually a blue belt. Um and she's got kind of a similar body type to me, but smaller. So I think uh, you know, being a little longer and a little taller, uh Definitely helps out, and now I'm just trying to see if I can get her to compete once everything opens back up. I think that'd be interesting. I mean, that's that's got to be the move. I, yeah.
0: I, I'm very fortunate in that I'm I'm with someone who is very supportive of my jujitsu journey. Is not cool with the jujitsu itself, but is there at practice like with cakes and cookies. So that's nice. great. That's that the, works out. That's that's the way you got to go. Hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. I swear we're gonna get into your fight. That's why we want to have okay. you on. But this is the last little thing I got to talk about, just because it's it's kind of unfortunately consumed the, the the world of combat sports right now, and that are the, that is the Paul brothers. Mm. Um, like, look, I don't know how familiar you are with them, but uh, Logan and Jake Paul, two brothers, big on YouTube. Uh, they've they've made a name for themselves recently as as like celebrity boxers, where they'll box like other internet celebrities, which is cool, I guess. And they've fiddled with the idea of the UFC. And it looks Mm. like now Dylan Danis, Unity Black Belt, (laughs) and Bellator Fighter might be angling to fight one of them. And I just want to know if how much of this reaches you as you're a busy full-time athlete. And do you ever fiddle with the idea of just taking an easy payday and like trying to start some beef with some
1: internet guy for a million (laughs) dollars. Uh, I think it's kind of unavoidable as far as, you know, seeing all that stuff goes like you just open up social media and you're like, Oh, here it is again, type of thing. Um, but I, I really think that they're smart enough that, that I don't think they would fight MMA. Um, I think they understand, to a point that, you know, if they were to just get taken down, it wouldn't be, you know, worth it, especially money-wise when they can make millions just boxing versus, uh, you know, having to worry about everything all at the same time. Um, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not really that type of guy to like start drama or whatever, like try to start beef with anybody. But, you know, a paycheck always sounds nice. And I think that's why so many people are, you know, jumping on it. You see, like, everybody under the sun's trying to call out either one of them. And uh, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's definitely a long shot on uh, everybody's end because I think they're more the A side in this, you know? So they get to pick and choose whoever they want. Um, and they're not going to fight, like, these super crisp strikers. And it's just kind of, uh, I don't know, people are thinking that they're more accessible than they are right now. And it's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how it shakes out, for sure. I, I do
0: think that that's the very, again, shockingly reasonable and like measured response in a sport where there's 87 different athletes nicknamed Pitbull. So I, I applaud you, Mr. <laughs> Hooper, on keeping a level head. But just because I have a garbage brain and I want to just devolve for a little, little bit, how fast do you sleep these guys like assuming it's mma assuming you can just take them to the ground do whatever you want to them keep in mind they're wrestlers they they wrestled in high school they're big they're bigger
1: dudes but how fast do you just do we hear a pop i think i've fought tougher wrestlers i'm gonna say um I'd have i would to see hope him so in, yeah <laughs> in person uh because i feel like the size is a huge difference as far as you know getting it to the ground goes but uh You know, I don't imagine that they would have a very good heel hook defense. Um, So that's an option, obviously, if the wrestling doesn't work out. But I think uh, when you do fight those bigger guys, like, uh, if you have, if you're the smaller guy, you can be a little more scrambly and kind of, you know, work your way around them easier.
0: I I like that you're you're honest about it, because sometimes grapplers will say things about matchups that, that just you, you know for a fact is not going to happen. Like in mm-hmm. my head, I was thinking back to Nicky Ryan. Uh, I think it was Polaris. It was some event. He, he was going up against like a stud wrestler, like Olympic team. And he made all this f- fuss about like, I'm going to try and take him down. <laughs> and I'm going to make this a, a big thing. And then yeah. what, what happens in the match? 30, literally 30 seconds in, pulls guard, go, like hunts the leg, gets the heel hook. Because that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, so, for sure. <laughs> so I have thanks. no problem
1: doing that. I, I
0: know. Just just yeah. be honest about it, cause we like that. It's fun, you know. Like mm-hmm. it's it's what you're good at. All right, so let's let's get right into it. It's it's the morning of the twelfth. You got fight later that day.
1: Um, how like walk us through a little bit of that morning for you? For me, like post weigh-ins, so much of my time is just dedicated to eating and like you know rehydrating type of thing so pretty much just stuffing myself full of food um but the morning of was you know always pretty chill but it's just kind of uh you know you're counting down the hours you're counting down the minutes um type of thing and it's just really waiting for them to be like okay your fight kits are in your workout room go get them go get changed and then uh you know meet us downstairs in an hour and we'll take you over to the venue and it's just like oh all right sounds good Um, but yeah, it's just like a lot of nothing pretty much that whole week. Um, you know, besides the weight cutting stuff, was just hanging out in the hotel room, and then it's just like a whole lot at the same time, like kind of at once. I was like, All right, get your stuff, get ready. Uh, you're heading over there, just so you know, once you get there, you have to pee in the cup while this dude's watching you. I'm like, Okay, (laughs) sounds good. Um And then uh, I actually had a record setting, uh, you know, drug test, probably 15 seconds from start to finish. So that was good for me. Um, The cleanest man in America. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, you know, you just kind of go back to the workout room. And, uh, you know, being the first fight, it was nice because I get the opportunity to just be like, okay, I want my hands wrapped right now. I want my gloves on right now, too. And I'm going to start warming up. And it's like, okay, you have two hours um which was much better than the last one where i only had probably uh you know like an hour hour and a half um in the workout room type of thing or in the warm-up room at the venue yeah so it's nice to just have that extra time and then uh it's kind of funny because you get to watch uh they do a lot of the testing stuff for their production but they leave like the tvs on in there so you can kind of watch it um so it's just some dude from the, you know, production crew just like walking out while they're testing the graphic, testing the graphics and it's like, "Oh, this is, you know, um this is Jose Aldo and it's just some dude with like a hat on and a sweatshirt just from the UFC just walking around and stuff just so they can get like the timing or whatever, I don't know. But uh that's kind of one of the interesting like behind the scenes type things. Um but we were just hanging out um pretty much until we started the warm up, and then uh, yeah, it's just kind of business as usual from there. Uh, real quick, just
0: it felt so good to see Aldo win. You know, just for yeah. me personally, I'm such a huge fan of him that, and I know it's it's been a rough patch. So just <laughs> now, you seem like the, a pretty analytical guy, like looking into ways
1: to shore up your game. Were
0: you drilling a lot of bottom attacks and uh, and other things?
1: Yeah, always, um, because I, we really thought going into this fight that he might, you know, be more of a wrestler than he turned out to be. Um, because watching like his contender fights, um, and his UFC debut, he was more, more had that like Usman style. So a lot of our training kind of around the grappling and the wrestling was just kind of getting off the wall. And not getting like held up against the cage while he can just kind of you know sit there and you know score points or whatever have the control. Um, but yeah, the thing with the the bottom control was just kind of again the same thing of not getting stuck on the bottom. So just trying to kind of work from there.
0: Yeah, that was a big a big factor in this fight. Looked like a lot of aggression on the feet, and we got to see some of your defense and how you react to that pressure. But uh, I think, for my money, this is we've definitely not seen you take as much on the feet before bringing it to the ground uh, in previous matches. Did you feel the same way, or, or am I a little off-base on there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I felt super comfortable um, pretty much the whole time. You know, aside from the leg kicks, obviously, and I was letting him kind of control the distance too much. But I felt great defense-wise. Like, not a single strike. Kind of landed to my face um if it did it was like kind of a glancing shot like more off to the side um but nothing clean so that was kind of my main thing going into this fight with the striking was I didn't want to just you know keep taking all these shots that I didn't need to and like not blocking and uh you know I felt like I did a good job of that and now it's just kind of Keeping up that defense, obviously, but kind of working on, you know, just making the striking a little crisper, uh, a little faster, making sure that I'm in position and all that and just kind of, you know, building up from here. But I feel like it was a really big improvement on my end from uh, from the last fight and the fight before. I mean, it, it, you, you
0: reacted incredibly well. And I think that's something I've seen a lot of other pundits sort of, uh, take note, especially considering how young you are, is that you reacted to those leg kicks a lot better than a lot of other grapplers, just cause of how important, uh, your legs are for, for those of, for those of our audience that maybe haven't gotten kicked in the leg before I have one time and that's why I'll never fight MMA. Um, Talk about how, how you react as someone that goes in to shoot or goes in to, to do other sorts of takedowns where the legs are such a huge, important part of the equation.
1: Um, I don't know. The adrenaline takes care of quite a bit of it as far as the, you know, the pain goes, but you know, you got probably a good two or three leg kicks before you start feeling it. Um, And kind of, I definitely, I don't know. It slows you down a little bit, but it's not, um, you know, it's not the end of the world, obviously. But it's just kind of, uh, you know, I felt at the moment, I just needed to kind of get his mind off of that and get it back to the fight. Um, Or like to get the fight back, I needed to get his mind off of just kicking my leg and kind of, you know, chopping it off.
0: I've gotta say they just i thought i want to be eloquent but the only thing i was thinking was oh shit just they they looked like they hurt man but uh you your head movement looked really good and it looked like a lot you were avoiding a lot of damage what kind of drills were you doing with regards to evasion and, and strikes on the feet
1: um honestly we're doing a lot of more like live stuff for this one because i i just hate like hitting mitts and stuff all the time. So one of the big ones was kind of, you know, I'd have some of our guys throw on like the boxing gloves. um, And then I just throw on some of the smaller MMA gloves. And essentially I would just work on, uh, you know, we'd kind of spar from there and I just work on, you know, kind of blocking or getting out of the way. Um, And then, you know, they have the bigger gloves so they can hit me a little harder. And I have the smaller gloves so I don't have the same kind of shield that you would with a boxing glove. And I feel like that was a really good kind of, um, I like drills like that where it's like a little more situational with the sparring. And I feel like that was a definitely a big help for, you know, keeping my face looking pretty decent. <laughs> I, I have to wonder if your, your time fighting 60
0: guys in a ta- underground tag team kickboxing match might've helped you there as well. Just cause that's, that's a ridiculous sentence that I've said now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I think the problem is that my grappling is so much better than my striking. And then, you know, so it was able to get me to this point. And then just kind of in comparison, it looks so much worse when you, you know, just watch one versus the other. Um, but I don't think it's as bad as it looks sometimes. Oh, hang on one second. We've got
0: – we have Mr. Good. Kevin Gallagher – Available.
2: What's up, Chase? How are you, bro? Hey, how's it he going? You good though? You slept well? Yeah, so I've been coaching. I apologize, Chase. I'm sorry for no, missing you out. You, but I've, been, I've been coaching. Um I've been co- right. coaching all weekend at the worlds and just literally just woke up. I had my Christmas party for the gym last night and I'm maybe a bit hungover. And- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm super excited to talk to you. So let's get to this, man.
0: Well, you look—you look well rested, Val. So yeah, happy that's that's
2: just us that, look, when you said we're going right now, I was like, "Oh shit, really?" Can I like splash some water on my face?
0: <laughs> All right, so so Chase, talk us a little bit through um, how you like you reacted to the pressure. You get into the leg
1: entanglements. What are the next
0: steps uh, from your point of view? Uh,
1: yeah. So I kind of. Uh, you know, obviously I have been saying it a lot, but I went and I trained with Ryan Hall for, you know, a good week and, uh, you know, stayed at his house and everything. And one of the things that I was really trying to get when I was down there was, you know, some of his kind of kicking stuff on the feet, which I'm still kind of working on, but also the Iminari stuff. Cause I felt like it's just such a natural, um, like he showed it to me and I, you know, drilled it a couple couple times and I was like, oh, this feels super natural. You know in comparison to you know me shooting a double leg um you know having more of that jujitsu style anyways with my takedown type stuff um where i'm not super explosive i feel like the kind of rolling into stuff was really uh you know beneficial for me but i just kind of uh i'd thrown it out there earlier in the fight and it was kind of like a so-so and i was like okay um, you know, I was able to get in there. Well, he's not throwing any knees, so I don't have to worry about, you know, taking anything to the face while I go down there. I don't think, um, so yeah, I threw a couple shots just to kind of get the hands up and then, uh, you know, I kind of dove for it. Um, and yeah, I snagged up that leg. Um, and I was just trying to work for that kind of, um, <clears throat> I think Gary Tonin and those guys call it like the honey hole type position. Um, yeah. But yeah, the nicest thing about Jiu Jitsu is versus or MMA Jiu Jitsu versus regular Jiu Jitsu is, you know, when you get in a spot where the guy's just defending, all he's doing is just kind of holding on to you. Um, like he was, he had both of my gloves, which the gloves make it really hard to get, um, your hands free and stuff. But once you get the one free, you just start hitting him. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that really helps out in a lot of these kind of stagnant positions right versus like a jujitsu match where i'd have to kind of
0: hang on i'm just sorry i i see i, see, I just felt Wagner rocha violently pressing like on this video before it's even <laughs> released
1: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you can definitely see that in his combat jujitsu matches but it it helps so much just kind of like versus where i'd have to you know kind of throw something else out there to kind of see if the guy would you know, focus on that. I'm just able to hit him in the face and it makes it a lot easier.
2: Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you say that because, um, when, when, when I, I, you know, the leg locks have, you know, not recently, I did, I used to say recently, but it's been years now, you know, have recently become a part of Jiu Jitsu submission, jitsu culture. And, you know, there was a short period of time where if you knew leg locks, you were just like some kind of you know, God walked across the earth. No one else knew what was going on. You could, you know, you could submit people at will. And there are still some people, you know, Craig Jones, and there's another guy out there, Elijah Crane, you know, the the Dinger, Jeff. That's what guys that are permanently like leglock guys. But a lot of times now, because people are starting to learn the leg lot game, you know, you get stopped in a position like honey hole, and it's stalemated. Mm-hmm. You know, you guy, you know that that honey hole position. A lot of times, it takes a lot of times to work. You have to push the leg across. You have to reach out and find the heel. The heel. You have to clear space and all those things, but like you said, you know, just like other positions from uh, from from jujitsu, when you add in the elements of striking, now people immediately have to go, oh shit, I can't just sit here and hold on to things because Chase is yeah. going to punch me in the face <laughs> until he does, and then in that moment of scramble, you get a heel hook out of that. Mm. You know that's yeah. Go ahead, kid.
1: Oh. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's the same with a lot of the positions. Like, uh, like if someone has a really good half guard and they're just kind of holding on, holding on to you, you're like, okay, I just need to get enough space just to start hitting the dude. Right. And then you know,
2: it's amazing when you think about you know because I always talk about this a lot. I, one of my favorite things to talk about when I teach my classes, I make sure I you know I say, hey, here's the deal. Like I've I've taught MMA, I've I've, taught, I've never fought MMA, but whatever, I've sparred, I boxed for a long time. I was I'm too old for that shit, yeah. but I had um, you know I had. I box, you know, I did MMA, I've wrestled, I've done a lot of self-defense stuff, I bartended and stuff like that, so I understand, like, the ideas. Anyway, the point of the matter is, is whenever I teach something, I always tell people, Here's, this is the sport jujitsu jitsu kind of variation of it, and this is what you do in a self-defense MMA type situation, and every one of them has a different scenario, like mount is a perfect example. Like, when I'm going for a mount in an actual, you know, in a, in a, in a sport jujitsu setting, or we're just training at the gym, you know, there are so many other things I need to do in order to finish an arm bar. Or to finish a yeah. more or to get someone to go to the back, because you know if you're there's no benefit of strikes involved, you know a guy could just sit here like this and you're never gonna use yeah. arms. As soon as you start punching him in the face, <laughs> everything changes. The arms start to come up. You know, guys, yeah. what they are, they do whatever they turn to their back for you, and you don't have to go down that line. And the the jujitsu of reality and, and self defense and, and MMA a lot of times is not want to say less um, less technical but you don't have to go as far down the line, you know?
1: Yeah. That's just, I feel like that's kind of the thing is when people specialize, it just kind of, um, you know, evolves from there and you have to add all these layers to it. But then at the end of the day, you know, the most effective is going to be, you know, a mix of a little bit of everything. So obviously a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of jujitsu, you throw the strikes in there and it's like, Oh, this is a perfect, you know, perfect way to beat all these guys, all these guys. And it just kind of, uh, I think it works out so much better than just relying on jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, I, I, wait, I, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. Real yeah. quick, real quick, real quick. Chase, are you saying that mixed martial arts is about mixing martial arts? That's like <laughs> – It makes
2: that. it easier. Whoa, it makes that's it easier.
0: like – that's crazy, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, got a, I got a
2: question I want to ask you when you while well, well, I got you on the line because this is something that I'm, I'm curious about because, you know, I have – one of the things I, I tell my students a lot and my young guys a lot that come to start training, and my young amateurs that want to start training with me that say they want to make it to the UFC, because you know, everybody, mm. says, everybody says they want to be a UFC fighter. I'm like, yeah. okay, cool, sure, absolutely. You're, you'll, you know, I, I, We'll listen to them, and I'll say, sure, you could be a UFC fighter, but then I don't take it with a grain of salt because, you know, if I'll t- talk to me again in five years from now, you know what I mean? When, you, yeah. when you've had when you've had eight, nine fights, and, you know, it's been ten years, and you're still not making any money, and, you, you know, you follow I'm talking about the whole training. Yeah. It's, not, it's not easy. That is the reason why everybody can't do it. The main question I wanted to ask you is the idea of, you know, when I have you guys come in and they want to start training, I tell them, specifically that they should not just you can't just do mma class you can't just come in here and say okay cool like i'm going to go to mma sparring and i'm going to do that every week because i want to focus on being an, an mma fighter so the other elements of jiu-jitsu aren't important to me so as you were coming up i asked you this specifically because you i consider you to be like the new breed of of fighter like I'm, i imagine that you're someone who you'd be probably been training since you're 10 years old eight years old am I, am I right am i right in that accord
1: yeah i started at eight um, exactly it's been gone ever since. So my question to you is this: is if you
2: were to take someone new, fresh off fresh, fresh, fresh the box, and tell them their recipe to get to the UFC, would you tell them specifically? Look, I know you want to be an MMA fighter, but in mm-hmm. order to do that, you have to train specifically the arts of MMA, mm-hmm. striking and wrestling individually, instead of just working on the idea of doing MMA sparring inclusively. I'm just curious as to how you got. It.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that I think that you need to kind of work on the separate, uh, you know, kind of aspects, and then you know, add it all together for the MMA stuff. Like our gym, um, the MMA is you know invite only, so you have to have been training for a couple years already to even you know walk in that door for the class um, or for that you know time slot, and you see it even at the high level, you see all these guys that have like zero grappling and it's kind of uh, like the striking will only get you so far and then you'll fight a wrestler and you'll be kind of, uh, you know, just put on your back and you're like, oh, I have no idea what's going on. So I feel like it's a huge um, huge factor is just kind of, you know, trying to be as well-rounded as possible, but not, not just doing it exclusively for MMA, like just kind of trying to take each individual sport because it's, again, that same thing where – it's kind of evolved um, for each individual sport. Like if you're a really good wrestler, you won't even have to go to the same levels that you do when you're wrestling um, as when you're fighting MMA, same thing as jujitsu. Like I don't have to go through like 30 transitions in order to hit an arm bar. Um, You know, I can just hit the guy in the face. Like I was saying earlier, it's kind of that same thing, Right. but there's no downside to having that extra little bit of technique. If you need it, I think.
2: No, I, I agree with you 100%. And like, you know, you can watch, you can watch MMA matches and you can tell yourself that, yeah, the majority of things you see are oftentimes, you know, very simplistic, you know, you know entries and things like that. But they're, they're also not, you know, there's also opportunities where you see some very advanced, complicated jujitsu and you go, oh, wow. And even even more than that, like jujitsu, when we talk about jujitsu specifically, we can also talk about it in all the different elements. There's parts of wrestling. That you're not gonna really see do a lot in an MMA match. It's parts of boxing yeah. and striking that you know, I mean? you're not gonna see a lot of guys throw head kicks and turn all the way, you know, different yeah. things like that. They do, but it's not something that you would consider to be, you know, something that should be done all the time. Um I, I I you know, the the point I'm trying to say is is that as your individual fight IQ arises and gets better in each individual element, your inclusive fight IQ. In each aspect, you know, in in, my MMA grows as well. And you can't really do that all the time just by focusing on MMA because you don't get to go into the deep details because an MMA coach isn't going to show you those cool spinning heel kicks that you see all, you know, that you see in a striking class because he's just probably not going to be as advanced in that knowledge. Yeah. The more knowledge is better, is, is I guess, the point I'm trying to make.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, And that's what I'm trying to do right now, is, you know, these times between fights, I'm trying to make the most of it. And just, you know, train with some of these high-level guys in more of the specific, um, you know, settings, like how I was able to train with Ryan Hall, um, or I was able to go train with old Ben and learn some wrestling. Uh, It's just, you know, trying to do stuff like that and just. Furthering those singular, um, you know, kind of elements of my game so that it gets better overall.
2: You kind of look like Ashford's little brother. I'm sure Kevin already said
1: that. Oh my no. God. <laughs> Kev, you are so
0: late I'm to sure. the. I'm sure, I'm sure show. I missed an
2: entire, I'm sure I missed an entire, like, five minute conversation.
0: Well, no, Kev, his whole, like, Chase's like half of his social media account is talking about how he's Ben Askren's son, and like Dad, uh, okay, yes. I'm old. <laughs> I,
2: I hardly ever like I'm gonna follow you now though, kid. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. We
0: just me. got we just got Kev his first rotary phone the other day. <laughs> I know. Just nice.
2: just turning the in the dials. Chase Bob doesn't even know what a rotary yeah, phone is. But so. I would
0: love to. I would love to. He was born in 1999.
2: does oh, that makes you feel man, terrible? That's the to <laughs> kid.
0: Oh, man. But I would love to briefly go over just, like, how it felt to train with uh, Ben, you know, with his wrestling IQ. Like, did you, like, for as little as you did, did you come away learning a little bit more, like, leaning new insights? Or was it just really good rounds?
1: Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, kind of one side of it is that I don't think that I appreciate it as much as, like, a traditional wrestler would you know getting to train with someone like ben who's you know literally olympic level like one of the top guys you know and has done it so well and like made it transfer to mma so well but i still had a good time because he's a you know he's great at teaching um he like all his gyms are kind of wrestling academies so it's more kind of you know off to the side where he'll do more like wrestling mma and kind of uh you know, because he understands that same thing of like, you don't kind of get to those same levels of the game, um, you know, with MMA, because it's again, like you're doing everything all at once. So you don't need to kind of go as deep. But he has a lot of good, kind of little tips and like little tricks that I feel like, um, you know, don't take a long time to learn, but it's just kind of, you know, understanding the mentality that he has of, you know, why those work and, you know, just trying to kind of soak up as much as I could.
2: Yeah, man, Ben Ben is definitely, you know, one of the premier wrestlers on the planet. You know, there's no question about his He's top 25 wrestlers, you know, in the world right now, unquestionably, maybe higher, you know, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. Um, But, you know, to, to be able to pick the brain of someone with that much knowledge to understand how to further little small little details, I'm always amazed at that. Anytime I go to any kind of seminar, anytime I ever have any kind of interaction with someone that is, you know, an absolute world class practitioner of their field, um, it's a you, you know you may go in there looking to work on a single leg or, or a mm. double leg or whatever your, whatever your plan is to try to brush up on. But what you'll find is it's just the smallest little details that are so completely unrelated to anything you had to think about. Like, you know, it has nothing to do with the single leg. Maybe it's just an idea of putting a grip here instead of here, putting pressure in, in the oddest place you'd never consider to think about will completely change your entire understanding of what, Wrestling is, or what your objective is. Your objective, and I is. think we would it's be innovative. we'd be
0: remiss we'd be remiss if we didn't at least ask: Did he give you the secrets of the spinning back fist?
1: I studied his film plenty, so I he has film plenty, so I I think I had most of it by the time I got down there.
2: Yeah. That's cool, man. So Chase, I got, I got another. I got. Another, you still got a few minutes, kid. I'm sorry, I woke up late. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I'm sorry for disrespecting you. By uh, I've had no. a really long weekend. This weekend's been a marathon for me. I'm, the worlds are in my area in Orlando. I've been back and forth yeah. doing that and coaching and all kind of stuff. But no, anyway, it's all So I have, I have a quick question for you again here. It was something that intrigues me about particularly you individually is that you know, you know, I train a lot. With younger kids like yourself, that 18, 19 years old, you know, even, even, you know, the younger ones, 15, 16, I imagine you started probably doing MMA sparring, you know, at, at that age it, with, with grown adults at, at that point, I'm imagining. Mm. Um, and one of the things I kind of notice about that is that as a grown man, sometimes the kids are way, way more talented than me, way, way more, more athletic than me. And like, I'm no, like, I, maybe at one time I might have had it, but I'm old I ain't got it no more. But what I can do it's kind of break them mentally simply because I'm older and stronger and tougher and meaner and I could do things and, and, and work inside of their brain to kind of get them to shut down. And one of the things that I noticed about you that I'm just so supremely impressed by is the fact that you don't break like that. Like you don't like I've seen you be exerted, have pressure exerted on you at like extreme extreme levels and your ability to maintain you're calm. They you had to fight with Caceres, even though you lost. Mm. I was supremely amazed at your ability to just keep fighting and coming forward. I'm sure Dana white and the rest of the crew were as well. Tell me about where that comes from from you, because it's really not uncanny for someone your age to have that.
1: I think it's, uh, I don't know. I think I've always been like pretty mentally tough as far as that goes. But for me, my, my mentality always going into fights is like, Hey, it's only 15 minutes. Um, you know, that's like half an episode, of you know, whatever on TV. So it's like such a short amount of time for me when I'm in there, it's just like kind of a blur anyways. So it's just kind of, uh, you know, realizing that like, Hey, you know, you know, 20 minutes from now, I'm going to be done. This is all going to be over. All the pressure is going to be off. And it's just kind of about making it less, you know, emotional just kind of being more robotic about it. Like, okay, this is the task. Um, I'm going to try to accomplish it it as quickly as I can, but I have 15 minutes to do it. And, uh, you know, it's kind of going out there and seeing if I can do that, Um, you know, because I've been beat up, you know, my whole life, um, you know, training, obviously. And training with, when I started doing MMA, I was going with all these pro guys, you know, that are, you know, 170, fighting at 170, um, walking around at like 190 type of thing, beating up like 15-year-old me,
2: yeah, they, they just walk around probably about a buck fifty at the most at that point.
1: Yeah, so it's just kind of I think uh, I already had it to begin with, but that stuff just kind of it's like the make or break type stuff where you know if I didn't have the mentality that I did, I think I wouldn't you know be doing this. Obviously, I think I would have quit a little a little sooner. Was there was there ever any
2: any concern? I'm just curious, like from your coaches or any of your coaches ever like, hey Chase, like. You know you're too young to be doing this. You shouldn't be getting beat up. I'm you know I I you know what you know man we're gonna kind of pull you back. You know you shouldn't be out there with these big guys getting begging Did you ever experience any of that?
1: No, I think uh, you know because I've been training for so long. They were like, all right, you know, um, this is kind of the next step. We'll start looking for fights if you want that. And then uh, you know that's kind of just the path that I wanted to pursue, um, but you know, having it already been training for, you know, eight to 10 years at the time that I was looking for my first amateur MMA fight, it's kind of like a huge, um, you know, step up in comparison to these guys that have maybe been training, you know, six months to a year. Um, so I think they kind of, you know, gave me the first fight, um, we're like, okay, we'll see how this goes. And then it just kind of kept going from there.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, watching you, watching you, um, when you compete and watch when you fight, it's it really is a true testament to the to the to the level of technique that you have, and the fact that like having that technique is you know it's designed to trump athleticism. It's designed to trump the tougher guy, or to, for lack of a better word, it's designed to trump the bigger, stronger person. Because I hardly ever do. I see you as I see you, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm super excited to watch you grow into that. Man, body. You know what I'm talking about. Get that, get that <laughs> man strength. Yeah, you know, but I mean, mean it's games. true. When you're 19 years old. You haven't really. I mean, you still have a. You still got time to go. You okay, know what real, I mean? Like it's amazing quick, to though. see you just get technically.
0: Kev, you you missed it. He was telling me earlier about how he did a like a, a tag team kickboxing fight when he was like fifteen or sixteen. <laughs> I don't know. I think we would have to reanimate a T Rex to get this guy. <laughs> and even then, his first thought's gonna be, I could probably choke it, and then I'll try.
2: <laughs> That's funny, man. That's funny. <laughs> So I got, I got one more. I got a couple more if you got time. I'm about, yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you because I'm really, a big fan of yours, man. Oh, you thank guys. you. I, really, I appreciate it. I just love, like in my mind, you are what the next generation of MMA fighter, you know, Jiu-Jitsu practitioner is going to be. You are the kid. Because I see him now at my gym all the time. You know, you yeah. know, I didn't start, I didn't start training jujitsu until I was thirty. You know, you know what I mean. And like, I have a good hold on things, but like at the same time, I've only been training for twelve years. You know, I'm forty four years old now. Yeah. You know, looking at you, I think of someone that not only has been training for fifteen years now, for ten years, twelve years, something like that.
1: Probably twelve or thirteen. 12, which, anyway, right? so you
2: have as much mat knowledge and time as I do. But you have also had the benefit of training and learning at that age when your brain is designed to learn. Like when you're a kid, you know, you pick things up all the time. I used to do this all the time. Like I'll be teaching, I have a family at work right now. I do private lessons with a a couple, a married couple, then they have two kids. And I will teach an entire hour of jujitsu. And like the parents are literally like hanging off my every word, paying attention. And then the kids, you got to like, you got to force them to listen. Hey, do this, do this. And then at the end of the class, it's almost across the board. The kids will execute the techniques are better than the parents almost 90% of the time, just because their ability to learn at that age is so high. So when I think of you, I think about that next generation of MMA phenoms that are learning at an accelerated rate at a very young age to be very, very deadly. And I'm excited for their future. Oh, thank you.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot like any other sport where, you know, like you start kids off at wrestling, you know, eight years old. It's going to be kind of the same thing where you just kind of have to watch them and not like push them too much. I feel like that's the biggest thing is, uh, you know, it was always me pushing myself to, uh, you know, keep doing the next thing. Um, But I think there's definitely a lot of those like wrestler type of parents that are going to push their kids too much because they're like, oh, I want to see my kid in the UFC because they, you know, they didn't win the big game at high school. So they're trying to live through their kids. And I think they're going to burn a lot of kids out, but it's really just finding those kids that legitimately want to do it for themselves and not because their parents want them to do it. And I think that'll be kind of interesting to see how that progresses. I think.
2: Yeah, man, that's, it's, 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 I'm super excited about it because I see it in the jiu-jitsu world right now. You know, I see guys that were out there uh, that were out there, um, you know, Training from a young age, you've got you know uh, the 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 tacky kids. You've got um, what's the other guy's name? Garcia or Gonzalez. How he fought this week, I forget his name. What's the kid's name? The young young kid, the the jujitsu phenom that fought a couple weeks ago. He submitted uh, Kenny Cornelius in the gi.
0: He submitted Kenny Cornelius. Sorry, I've been I anyway, not important, but yeah,
2: I forget. I forget his name, but it's not important. Um, so one more question. I got a couple more. I got something else I want to (laughs) ask you is um. Like, so when I think about as an adult that wants to be an MMA fighter, and I said all the guys that I work with and all the trainers, you know, there's this feeling of like, you know, you know, honor and, and, and trying to go for greatness and, and, and wanting to be this uh, this amazing fighter that's that's solidified in in, in 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 history as 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 one of the great ones or going out to be a world champion, all those other things like that. And it's I think of that a lot as a very adult like concept. And when I think of you. I don't think of you as someone that has that, like, I am a warrior Spartan wanting to dominate so I can make my name, you know, like the Achilles, like I want mm-hmm. to make my name in history. Um,
0: wow. Kev is saying you look like a wimp. Jay. No, no, just no, just no, no, no. I'm not up. saying that. I'm He's not disrespecting saying uh, disrespecting you. Don't up with <laughs> He's disrespecting you.
2: The point I'm trying to ask you, the question I want to ask you is like, you know, that's a motivating thing for these guys. And it's a very powerful, motivating thing. Because a lot of these guys, you're not going to make a lot of money make get the UFC, but you have to have that drive to want to say, I want to be great. I want to stay at myself no matter what. What is it that motivates you to want to go out and do the crazy things you're doing?
1: Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I kind of ask myself that, you know, every weight cut, I'm like, all right, <laughs> what, are, what are the reasons that I'm doing this for? Because this sucks. And it's just like a again, I think it's like the self-motivation of like, I just want to see how far I can go and kind of, um, that was my thing at the amateur level was I was like, oh, I want to see, you know, how good I am. And that's kind of the, um, that's kind of the thing at the end of the day is you can, everybody can say like, oh, I want to be a world champion. Oh, I want to, you know, be the greatest of all time. But like, there's such a, I don't know, that's such a small goal to try to reach. And I just kind of my mentality has always been, you know, I want to see how good I am. And the UFC is kind of, you know, that top tier. And it's kind of where you figure out how good you actually are in comparison to, you know, some of the best guys in the world. So I just kind of try to take it like fight by fight. And, um, you know, each one of those is a step up. And I don't know, I just try to take it the you know that same like fight by fight and try to see you know all right am I good enough to be at this level okay now am I good enough to be at that level and uh, that's just kind of how I've done it uh, personally.
2: That's cool, man. I it's interesting to hear that because I am curious about that myself because it's like you know you got to be a little nuts to get in that cage. I do. I, mean, I tell sure. everybody that all the time. You got to be a little bit off. I mean, this you, you, even the act of striking in general. We talk about striking. You're like it's it's you have to be okay. getting punched in the face there's no other way around it. like it's it's a weird thing because it's so counterintuitive to go in and throw a combination like you have to accept the fact that you're going to get clipped a little bit here and there but you have to know that my combinations are going to be stronger harder and faster so that i'm going to be able to elicit more damage than you're doing and you make minor adjustments there's no way around if you're afraid of getting punched you're never going to be able to throw punches correctly so Mm. like i'm always amazed and it takes a lot of odd psychological deficiencies. A lot of times, to want to be able to see, be cool with that. Yeah. And when I see you, I don't see that. I just see some kid that's just like, I want to You know, I'm going to go play video games when I get done here. Like you said after your last fight, and all this just like that. Like, I'm just wondering what inside of you makes oh, you not Oh, do that. come!
0: On. I know <laughs> you love Red Dead Redemption, Kel.
2: Right? <laughs> 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 I do. It was a fun game. It's a fun game. <laughs> So I guess one more thing I wanted to ask you is like I I, yeah, I'm, I
0: I'm really sorry but we we're kind of running on a little bit of time yeah. at least on my end. Uh, cool. so we well, obviously we're going to have him back. And now yeah. that now that we've all gotten on the same call, we're going to have to have all of us from the beginning <laughs> the next time. Around. The next time you you rip someone's leg apart, Chase, yeah. you, you got to come back. But before you go, I would love to know, it's very early. You're you're not even a, a full week. I think just over a week removed from the fight
1: any immediate future plans as in terms of competition? Uh, right now I'm kind of more focused on the, you know, just tuning everything up. Um, because obviously I did get the win, but it's like, uh, you know, there's definitely like a checklist of things that I want to, you know, improve on and make sure that I, you know, I'm kind of getting better at before I decide to kind of move on to the next fight. And, uh, Yeah, so that's kind of my main thing is I just kind of want to get better at the areas that I was lacking, Um, you know, being more offensive with the striking, uh, controlling the distance more, kind of, you know, being a little snappier, trying to, you know, position myself so that I can get the power in the punches and get the guys to respect me a little more on the feet. And I just feel like that's kind of, you know, my mentality right now, because the thing is, the fights aren't getting easier. So there's no, or, you know, they're not even staying at the same level. So I need to kind of, you know, keep stepping up my game with each fight. And that's kind of where I'm at right now.
2: Okay, man, I think (laughs) you have plenty of opportunities to do that. And I, sorry, Kevin, I'm I'm very excited. No, 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 no worries, man. Yeah. I, 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 I literally, as as an MMA coach and someone that coaches a lot of fighters, like, I'm sure your coaches are, are amazing too. But like those things you're saying are exactly the things that I would suggest to you in mm-hmm. the long run. And you, you keep going. And just understand the fact that you got a long, long way to go, kid. Like you, I mean, as far as like your 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 lifeline in the jiu jitsu or in the MMA world. So keep training, keep getting better. I'm super excited to see you start to fill those holes in your game and and, and stoke to see what it comes up with, man. Thank you.
0: Never. who know who knows man maybe you want maybe you, one day you'll be even a big deal in Seattle you know yeah. like make it in the big city no I'm a dick all right well chase thank you so much for joining us uh, here for another episode of the jjt podcast kev thank you for swooping in and, and providing some of your more veteran insight I was I was burning fumes honestly guys this guy's very scary to talk to uh chase real quick any any shout outs any sponsors you want to you want to Uh,
1: put out there to the world no i'm good my uh instagram c-h-o-o-p-five-five-six twitter chase underscore hooper that's about it for me all right uh, by the
0: way also at kbrads underscore bjj and at uncle coach kevin for like a trio of of quality instagram content Uh, go follow obviously because none of this matters if we don't have instagram clout all right but That being said, this has been another episode of the JJT podcast. Uh, Chase, thank you so much. I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. Everybody, we're coming up on the holiday, like the the big holiday, the end of 2020. We made it, everybody. So just be safe. Be grateful for your loved ones. And uh, train responsibly, you know. Uh, Keep everybody healthy. That's it. Get out of here. Go. 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 (laughs) Get out of here!